Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome to the Half Watt Podcast. My name is Gage, co-host and co-producer of the show. And today I'll be talking about access control. Um, I'll be going over some uh, basics, basic troubleshooting tactics and techniques, and uh, maybe even get into some more complicated issues if we have time. Um, This may end up becoming a part one and part two, but we'll get there when we get there. First off, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, We've been getting a lot of great feedback, and we're growing every week, and we're very excited about where this show is taking us. And uh, it's all because of you guys. So appreciate it. Keep spreading the word, and we'll keep putting out content and uh, giving low volts a voice. Uh, The low voltage trade is expanding at a crazy rate right now, and there's a lot of awesome jobs and people that we want to talk to. So on that note, if you know anyone that you think should be on the show, uh, shoot us a message on Instagram at halfwattpod or uh, just email us at uh, halfwattpod at gmail.com. All right. So uh, moving on, um, I'm actually in the middle of building our own access control system uh, so that I can do videos basically covering what we'll talk about today. Uh, and, and there's so much more information uh, I could put into a step-by-step video that's just not worth having uh, on an audio-only platform. With my ADHD, uh, <laughs> I'd probably just end up confusing people and uh, definitely not paint a good picture. Um, but uh, onto the topic, uh, I'm just going to explain a basic access control system for people who don't know. Uh, if you already know this stuff, stick with me. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. A typical access control system consists of some sort of a card or biometric reader that will uh, only allow people with the approved credentials through the door. It'll have some sort of lock, whether it's a door strike, mag lock, uh, transfer hinge and electrified handle, or a uh, transfer hinge and electrified crash bar. Uh, It'll have a door contact, which is typically just a little plastic cylinder with a switch inside of it uh, and a magnet in the door that closes the switch. Uh, So anytime the door is opened, uh, once that magnet gets far enough out of reach, the switch will open up and tell the system that the door is open. Uh, So if there's not a valid card read on the door, the system will know someone broke in instead of badging. Uh, Last is the door contact's best friend, the REX, which stands for request to exit, uh, which is just a sensor mounted above the door uh, on the inside or secure side um, because the space is being secured by the reader on the outside of the door. Um, But that sensor picks up when people are leaving the space so that a door contact knows that someone is leaving rather than breaking in. Um, the Rex won't always be a motion detector above the door. Uh, a lot of the time, uh, especially newer projects, the Rex will actually be a sensor in the electrified door handle uh, or crash bar. So when they are turned or pushed, uh, it works the same way. Sensor says someone's leaving, so there isn't any alarms generated in the system. In some cases, there won't be a Rex at all, like in the case for a read-in, read-out door. So it's the same setup exact, uh, except you'll have a reader on both sides, no recs. The reason uh, you don't want a Rex is because it's not an exit. You either have permission going in and out or you're breaking in and out. 
Typically the reason for these setups are both spaces are secured and some people might only have access to one and not the other, but some, you know, need to have both. Or if they want logs of people going in and out of spaces like birthing centers or laboratories or just, you know, stock rooms if they're, you know, holding valuable uh, company material. And uh, that's pretty much it as far as door hardware goes. Um, last part of the basics that I kind of just want to go over is um, panels and wiring. Um, card readers are te uh, typically going to be a uh, 22.6 or a 22.8 depending on what the client wants, what features they want. A um, Well, depending on uh, if the lock has the Rex in it, it'll be an 18.4. Uh, if the Rex is above the door, it'll just be an 18.2. The motion racks above the door will be like a 22.4 for uh, power and data. And then typically uh, the, the actual door contacts will only be a 22.2, but there are some cases if, you know, they actually have the security system also uh, on that door contact, it goes back to a Bosch system or something, then you'll have two 22.2s. Um, coming into the door contact and it'll actually have two switches in it so that's the double pull double throw send it to two different systems on two different switches typically with access control panels um, there'll be two four or eight doors I don't think I've ever seen any six door panels um, but uh, they'll have designated places for your readers uh, usually designated for uh, the door contact and Rex as well. Sometimes that is not the case. Uh, some some boards, I think like S2 or Software House are all auxiliary, which means you get to choose what the input is. Um, but typically you'll have auxiliary inputs and auxiliary outputs. Most systems, again, are going to have a designated uh, actually output, normally open common normally closed for you to land your wires on if it doesn't have designated inputs and outputs and you're there on a service call just hope that the guy that installed it labeled or else yeah you're not going to know what anything is unless you log into the system or if uh, you know your company is like my company and has actual standards for the colors of every wire and exactly what they mean, uh, which makes it so much easier, you know, knowing that if you walk into a panel, you know, red, black is going to be a door contact, white, green is going to be a Rex 90% um, of the time, unless they have auxiliary inputs, you know, like a door unlock or a panic button. But yeah, so that's pretty much the bare minimum basics of an access control system. Okay, basic troubleshooting processes and procedures. Um, you got a call that a reader's not working. Don't just take the reader off the wall and replace it right off the bat unless the reader is just completely dead and hot. It's burnt out. Um, you know, the first thing that I would probably do, uh, I mean, if it's on then you obviously know it has power. So, I mean, badge it. Is it scanning? 
or is you know is nothing happening is the led telling you that the door is unlocked you know so if you're badging the reader and like nothing is happening except for you're getting a beep then you're going to want to go back to the panel and see if the panel is getting that badge read do you have access or do the people that called you have access you know you might have to log in for that or just get somebody who you know for a fact has access and is that relay on the board switching states to send power to the door if it is then move on to whatever separate relay typically uh, it'll be an iDeck, or you'll have a, a separate power supply that also has a relay on it and, and will send power out to the door. Put your meter on it. Are you getting 24 volts out to the field? If you are, perfect. It's not a reader problem anymore. You know that there's either a problem with the wiring, which is typically not the case. Usually at that point, it's either going to be a transfer hinge or something's wrong with the lock. But, I mean, if you genuinely think that it is the reader, you know, it's scanning, but nothing's happening anywhere, what you can do is if you have a test reader on you, um, some people do that. I have a test reader that I have multiple, you know, plugins for certain access control panels and a test reader. So I'll put on whatever, you know, plug I need, put it on badge it and you can see right there at the panel you know if it's working if you don't have that another really easy thing to do is take the reader of the closest door to you uh, or, or to the the door in question and pull it off the panel and put it in the spot of the door that's having issues so back out to the door whatever reader you're now using for that door, you can go badge it. If it unlocks the, the door in question, then you're done. You got to replace that reader. If not, then you know it's not a reader problem. Also, there, there'll be times where <clears throat> the door's working when they send a command to it, or if the door's on a schedule, you know, it's supposed to be unlocked from seven o'clock to, you know, 5 p.m., it's working then, but as soon as it locks, it's not working. Right there, you know, it's not the panel. You know, the, the relay obviously knows and is working. It's switching states. Um, typically, that's a really easy way to identify. Right off the bat, it's the reader or the cable. Maybe there's a loose wire somewhere. Um, all pretty easy things to check. You can just meter it out. In some cases, you'll get something pretty weird, like uh, at wrong door, or <clears throat> which basically means access denied. Um, when people in the system, you for sure know that they have access, they've always had access, but all of a sudden they're getting at wrong door. That is typically a sign that either the door controller isn't working or there's something wrong with the motherboard. Uh, if you're using something like, you know, the basic ones, S2, Linnell, AMAG, one of those kinds, flatten the panel. Too many people will 
walk up to that, see that, and be like, okay, this board needs to get replaced. And boards are so expensive. I can't tell you how many people have told me that a board needed to get replaced, but then I go back to the motherboard, flatten it, or you know, basically unplug everything, let it die down for a minute, plug everything back in. It'll send a new download to the panel, re-download everything, and then all of a sudden, all those problems stop happening, and we don't have to charge the client a ton of money for a new board. Um, if that doesn't work, then yeah, you uh, you either have a bad door controller. Um, sometimes, you know, you can replace the door controller and it'll still not be working. Um, that's when you have to kind of start looking at the motherboard. Um, it happens. I mean, sometimes uh, the motherboard will even just like stop liking an address. So if you have a board, you know, a two-door board, it's address 17, and then you're just having a ton of problems with that, you swap it out with the new one real quick, and they're still having the issue, and yet your motherboard's jacked up, you know, you, you do a new uh, download on it, still isn't fixing the problem, sometimes, and especially if you don't have a motherboard to replace it with, then, <clears throat> you know, just find whatever the address is of the last board on the uh, on the node and then change the address from what it is to the last um, you know the number after so let's just say there's 20 on there so change it to address 21 and, and there's been times where that resolved the problem I mean in most cases that's not enough to uh, want to replace the motherboard it's expensive time and labor trying to work with IT to get it online half the time if they have Mac filtering or whatever or lockdown ports. So yeah, just a couple of things that will uh, save the client money, uh, makes them happy with you. Obviously every time that, uh, you know, you can get something working and uh, it doesn't cost them a ton of money. So just while we're still on readers, um, <clears throat> just a situation that uh, a coworker of mine ran into the other day. He, you know, said it was a bad lock. Um, so what was happening was <clears throat> he was badging and the lock was unlocking and then locking immediately. So 99% of the time, that's not a bad lock. If it's consistently at least even unlocking for a second, then the, lo the lock's good. So uh, what a lot of people don't know when they run into that situation is most likely in programming, the door is set to lock on open. So as soon as that door contact opens up, you know, magnet moves far enough away for that to open up, the door will lock. So if you're badging and it's unlocking and then locking right back up, immediately change course it's not the reader it's not the lock there's either a problem with the door contact the door contact wire or very rarely but sometimes happens the uh, the input on the access control um, so yeah make sure that the doors closing all the way make sure that the you know there's still a magnet in there 
I, over half the time when I see this issue, it's because they didn't like the door or they wanted to upgrade it or they just needed to change the door, but they didn't call us even though it's a card reader door. So they put in a new door and then all of a sudden they have this issue because now there's no magnet in the door. So immediately don't try to troubleshoot the door contact. Make sure there's a magnet in it. Then after that, pull the car uh, pull the door contact out, cut it. It's only two wires. You can re-splice it and take a magnet, put both leads on your meter, put it up to the uh, door contact and just see if the circuit's closing. So, yeah. So, uh, next basic, uh, thing that we can get called out for is they're getting forces. <clears throat> so just like I talked about earlier, the Rex is the device that tells the system when someone's leaving, it's not a forced door. I know nobody's badging, but this is okay. So <clears throat> immediately, if they're getting forces, go look at the Rex. If it's a motion Rex, then what you'll want to do is get your ladder, pop the cover off the Rex, leave the Rex on, and put your leads on the data portion. Typically, these are wired normally open, and put it on where your two wires are landed and see if when it's flashing, the Rex is changing states. So you should be getting beep, no beep, beep, no beep. If you're not getting that, boom. Rex is bad. Replace the Rex. If you don't have one, have your shop order one, whatever. If it is working, then you'll need to obviously do the exact same thing at the panel. Make sure that when that thing is getting tripped, you're seeing it at the panel. If you're not, then you have some sort of wiring issue again. If you are, the input, you know, probably went bad. You know, go back to what I said earlier, either do a panel download or just even reset that one door controller, see if that works. If not, unfortunately, you're going to have to replace the board or uh, you're probably just going to have to replace the board. Um, but if the Rex is in the handle, same thing, or, or if it's a electrified crash bar, so much easier than working with handles. You know, the crash bar, you know, just take the cap off, you know, slide that, that little cover out and uh, put your leads on the Rex wires, push that, uh, that door, door crash bar in. And if you're getting the actual beeps or, or continuity on that, follow the exact same instructions as before. If not, uh, it's probably not just the whole crash bar that needs to get replaced. There's usually a module in there uh, that some door, con uh, not door, <laughs> door company can just pull out and replace. Um, if it's a handle, you're probably not going to want to take the handle out. So start with the hinge side of the transfer hinge, take the four screws off, cut the Rex wire, strip it out, put your leads on it, and then put that handle down same exact as everything else. Um, if you're getting door helds, now that's not the Rex. Immediately go look at the door contact. 
same thing make sure the magnets in before you start pulling things apart and then again just follow the same exact steps as earlier make sure that the door contact is getting continuity and then you know move on from there and uh, the last part the lock isn't working welcome to the thunderdome these are typically the hardest calls but also in my opinion the most fun um, this is you know the clients like you know really into their system they know how everything works they're getting access granted everything else is working but the door is not unlocking so for this I typically just start right at the panel go straight to the panel and, and see what kind of system they have you know do they have a bunch of IDEC relays to the right side of it with actual physical fuses in them that's my favorite because you know every once in a while you'll get that lucky break you know open that little fuse uh, and meter continuity usually you can just tell that it's been blown you replace it good to go um, <clears throat> you know a lot of guys will will try to you know just you know replace it and then not ask any questions or some people will <clears throat> get way too in depth trying to figure out why that fuse blew but that's I mean that's where you have to be you know you need to communicate with your client you know hey is this the first time that we've been out for this door yes well then it's probably just an old fuse or it probably just had a small power spike burnt the fuse don't waste a bunch of time don't charge your client a bunch of money just move on now <clears throat> you know you replace it lock starts working again and then you go over there and you're like hey is this the first time this has ever happened and they're like no this is like the second or third time we've had to call you guys in the last month then you're going to want to check for a, either a short or uh, typically a short <clears throat> you know most of the time that'll be either in, in the transfer hinge or uh, the actual locking hardware but uh, every once in a while it can be cable but again a lot of the time if it is cable it'll be at one of the locations it's very rarely just like in the middle of the run so you know go take the transfer hinge off check out the cabling where our cable meets that hinge and then goes into the door if you know it looks a little rough unplug power cut it strip it back just splice the you know the new fresh cable to the transfer hinge and usually that'll be good but if you are not so lucky and it's not just a blown fuse you you really need to try everything <clears throat> so have somebody badge the door while you're at the panel meter that panel I can't stress enough you should have your meter out like 70% of most of these calls so put it on the the lock output make sure that that relay on the board is changing states if it is good if it's not not really a reset you can do for that one I mean you can uh, and it might work for a little bit but typically that's not a long-term fix
Um, <clears throat> if it is working, perfect. Yeah, and, and if you don't have anyone for this next part, that's totally fine. Just take the lock wire. If it's on normally open, move it to normally closed. If it's on normally closed, move it to normally open. This will, you know, fake unlock the door, not through the system. But what it'll do for you is it'll start sending power or stop sending power and you can actually see if the the relay that's holding the power is doing its job. Half the time, one of those is going to be the issue, but if not, then again, go back to the things I was saying before. Right there, go to the door. Usually the transfer hinge goes out way more than the locking hardware, so just go to the hinge, where our wire comes in, <clears throat> take out the four screws, make sure that you're getting power right there. If you are, perfect. Tape it back up, put your four screws back in, and check the door side. Very often, you will all of a sudden not have power. Boom. New transfer hinge. Order one or replace it. <clears throat> if it's still good through the transfer hinge, most of the time, that's not usually our company scope. Uh, we don't do the electrified handsets. So, I mean, that, that's that's it for me. Uh, if you guys do do uh, the handsets yourself, then obviously I don't need to explain to you w what to do. You're already doing it. Um, you know, it's either going to be a problem with the lock or the wiring harness that goes to the door probably the lock because I mean the harness it's it's just sitting in there it's not getting you know used every day like the hinge you know in and out you know there's not a lot of movement hypothetically it shouldn't ever move at all so um, <clears throat> but if the lock at this point you know is a mag lock I am very thankful you know Usually they have like one screw or two screws, you know, take it out and you can see right there the the actual processor or, or the board that the maglock is using. Put your meter on it. Is it getting 24 volts? Is it not getting any voltage? Usually it's getting 24 volts, but you can just open up the door. You're done. Maglock is bad. Replace the maglock. Um, strikes, basically the exact same thing love when the door's a strike instead of a you know electrified crash bar or handle where you know you have to start taking apart the hinge and all that good stuff you know just take out the the two screws you know some very rarely four if ever um <clears throat> take out those two screws if it's uh if it's a plug awesome unplug it <clears throat> very carefully you're going to meter both sides and if you're getting your, your 12 or 24 volts, whatever your system is, then perfect. Again, you're done if you don't have a lock to replace it. Maybe facilities has a lock to replace it. That's becoming more and more common nowadays. Uh, yeah, if not, have your service team order a new one. If you are getting power, uh, or if you're not getting power, sorry, then you missed a step back at the panel, go back to the panel and... Uh, figure out where the disconnect was or if you're absolutely positive that power was leaving 
that head end, then you have bad wiring and, <clears throat> you know, pull out as much of the wire as you can, uh, see if there's any obvious damage. If there isn't, um, a very easy way to confirm that the cabling is bad is go back to the head end, unplug the power, or just, you know, unscrew the terminals, pull the cable completely out, this will save you a trip, and just twist the red and black wire together, or whatever color you guys are using for power, I don't, I don't know what cable you're using, sometimes it's white and black, uh, but twist that together, go back to the door, again, do ohms, or continuity, are you getting a really high resistance, bad cable, are you getting an open, obviously, very, very bad cable, but, you know, if you're getting low ohms, then, again, you know, probably miss something back at the head end. Um, <clears throat> again, it happens. Sometimes labels are bad or, you know, whatever the case is. Go back to the head end and you have those two wires twisted together. Untwist them. Make sure that something changes. So if you have like really high ohms or or even just like, you know, low ohms, that, that'll tell you once it goes open, okay, for sure I'm on the right cable, I missed something. And, and that sums up basic troubleshooting steps for typical access control problems uh, as far as doors goes. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, if, if you're not an access control guy listening to this and <clears throat> you have an on-call uh, schedule like our company does where you know, one week will be an access control guy, but the next week might be a fire guy, like uh, last week and this week with me and Tyler. Um, and then, you know, the week after that, it might be a, a security guy. So really <clears throat> the point of this is just like, if you're just getting into access control, I mean, that's very simple, um, easy steps that might save you a lot of time. But I think more than anything the reason I wanted to do this was if, if you're not an access control guy and you have to do an on-call call uh, hopefully some of this information was able to help you out at least a little bit yeah, if you weren't sure exactly how to go about it so uh, yeah but um, <clears throat> so moving on um, <clears throat> since it's uh, obvious that we have a bit of time uh, I'm going to go into a couple other things that <clears throat> again just typical not crazy access control uh, nightmares <laughs> that uh, you can run into on just a regular everyday call. Um, and, and again, like I said earlier, uh, hopefully uh, sometime soon I'll actually have a nice access control set up uh, here at the studio that I can actually just do short videos of basically everything that I've explained here so that <clears throat> you know it, it makes more sense and a lot easier to track down if you find yourself in one of the situations that I discussed. So, uh, but anyways, yeah. So, <clears throat> um, just going to go right into uh, remote door unlocks. Um, there's definitely different setups um, and, and even uh, kind of technically not, but under this category, um, <clears throat> emergency exit pull stations, you know, they look like you know, fire alarm 
pull stations, but uh, they'll be yellow or blue. Um, <clears throat> and usually you'll only see this in a case where <clears throat> it's a read-in, read-out door and it's blocking the path of egress or uh, really, I, th I think the standards kind of move to any maglock door needs to have a physical break in it. So the power will actually go through that first and then go to the maglock so that in an emergency, you don't have to worry about, you know, a panel not working or, you know, <clears throat> having to worry about programming. I mean, you pull that thing completely opens the circuit and you can you can go through no matter whatever um, no matter what the emergency is I actually just worked on one today um, <clears throat> door was completely unlocked and uh, <clears throat> these facilities guys they're they're pretty good we've been working with them uh, and me personally for you know probably five years now so uh, they, they have a pretty good grasp on it so I, I didn't have to do much troubleshooting. They basically were like, hey, we think something's wrong with the emergency pull station. Uh, so I showed up, and sure enough, <clears throat> the maglock completely unlocked. Uh, everything else looked like it was working. You know, power was getting there. Um, <clears throat> flipped the uh, pull station a couple times um, and was eventually actually able to get the door to lock momentarily. Um, pulled the pull station again, unlocked, and then uh, never locked after that. I mean, that's that's cut and dry. Just, you know, pull it open, take a picture of uh, the, the part number, serial number, all that good stuff, just have a, a new one ordered. It's pretty rare for shops to have uh, the, those parts just in stock, especially with all the things that we have to work on. Um, but uh, remote door unlocks. So whether it's a receptionist, a nurse's desk, whatever, um, <clears throat> there's two ways to do it. Typically, that'll never um, be a, a physical break in the power just because it doesn't make any sense. But <clears throat> um, you can either do it through programming. So it'll go back to a uh, auxiliary input so an input on the panel that through programming you can make whatever you want as long as it's an input um, <clears throat> and basically you'll program a trigger uh, on that input so when <clears throat> whether it's normally closed or normally open typically those will be um, actually it really doesn't matter but usually normally open because if the if that button fails you'd rather it just not work and the door works fine than <clears throat> for it to be normally closed button stops working and then that door is just unlocked all the time <clears throat> so that's one way to do it um it, it really just all depends on if the client wants to to actually have like a log of every single time somebody hits that button to unlock the door if they don't care at all the other way that you can do it uh, that a lot of people will do is if it's a uh, unlock on rex door so um, just typically mag locks only very rarely will you do unlock on rex for 
any other kind of door. Um, just because, <laughs> well, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. You're basically having your lock be initiated twice as much as it usually would. So you're burning out the lock twice as fast for no reason at all. Um, <clears throat> so this is luckily not very complicated as long as you know <clears throat> where the input comes in and where <clears throat> the uh, the output is. Usually pretty easy to find the output, you know, if you know where the door is on, on whatever panel. A lot of the time that auxiliary input will just be programmed into the board that it's on um, if they are just using a lot or some clients just like to have uh, like 24 4 boards 24 inputs 4 outputs and just have all their auxiliary inputs on that board just to kind of make the system uh, cleaner if they have the money uh, I've seen it a ton of times but <clears throat> so again if if you have somebody at that uh, at that desk or something, you know they feel comfortable giving giving you their phone number or the desk number, makes it pretty easy. Or if not, just be like, "Hey, in like one minute, push this button and then let go. Wait five seconds, push the button again, let go, and <clears throat> go meter it. Are you getting the close? Okay, cool. Button's good." wiring's good there's either something wrong where the <clears throat> the the programming got changed someone accidentally deleted it um, and it's not firing that output uh, if you're not getting that nine times out of ten it's just that well not really cheap button but cheap considering all the other equipment that we work on uh, probably went out <clears throat> very easy you know just disconnect it from your cable Put your meter on the leads, push the button, see if you're getting changes of state, or <clears throat> sometimes you won't even get like on bad buttons, they won't just go out completely and they'll like kind of like barely change state, but <clears throat> you know, there you'll you won't get a full open. The resistance will just shoot down a lot. If everything's working properly, then there's <clears throat> there's something wrong with the access control panel. Again, that input's bad have them label it uh, in programming or if you're doing the programming label it bad port just move it to another uh, auxiliary input and make sure you change programming so like that input now will fire you know this <clears throat> this lock output <clears throat> if you're at the panel and you're getting all of the 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 push buttons everything's looking good just I mean you just have to listen <clears throat> is that relay firing? Can you hear it firing? It should be the exact same one that, you know, the, the card reader's using. So, I mean, at that point, you accidentally fixed it, which happens every once in a while. And if they're a, a big client and, <clears throat> you know, they, they have plenty of money to replace a $50 part, probably just order that part so that you can replace it if you have it on you, ju just replace it. Because <clears throat> if it's already showing signs that it's not working, then eventually it's going to fail. 
and it's going to cost them way less money to to pay for a fifty dollar part that you can replace in less than five minutes then it's going to cost them for you to go back out there another trip charge you know whatever your time is to replace something that was inevitably going to fail regardless very similar to this uh my next one is remote or dual readers not working um those are kind of separate separate ideas but uh, a remote reader is going to be the exact same thing as a push button but they don't want just anybody to be able to just push that button and unlock the door so this will be at obviously more secure facilities uh, where the receptionist will actually have to badge it to let people in but it's the exact same thing as now troubleshooting a door are they getting the reads yes or no and then follow the output is the output firing is it is it working properly is it programmed properly typically with this sort of situation it's going to be the reader or the output isn't working pretty pretty easy if you if you know the this it's the same as uh, a button <clears throat> but um dual readers not working so by dual readers i guess in this sense is you get a call after hours or you know during normal business hours and there's like multiple readers aren't working whether it's two or more if they have more than two readers not working they either had a huge power spike um you know power went out generator kicked in blew a bunch of equipment because they don't have it you know gfci'd or some some type of circuit breaker or they just had an entire panel go out um if the readers are powered off then yeah your your panel either went out or like i said before a fuse blew do not say that the panel is bad until you know for a fact that you have metered and the panel's getting power and no lights are on. Um, <clears throat> but that's that's pretty rare. Usually um, <clears throat> it'll be like two readers are offline. It's a two-door controller. They either have Linnell or, you know, AMAG 2DC or S2, you know, all <clears throat> two-door boards. Um exact same thing just make sure it's getting power if it's not then it's not the board if it is getting power there's something either wrong with the board or it burnt the reader somehow electricity works in strange ways i i've seen power surges where it hit an entire system that had you know 12 or even like 16 boards and it only hit one board and didn't even fry the board just fried the readers i don't think there's ever been a situation where um i've seen uh, a a board fry two readers and then they fry the readers again it's usually pretty safe uh, for you to put uh two new readers but just make sure that the uh the power input or uh, sorry power output uh, on the board is fine 
and if it is yeah just replace the readers if the board's out replace the board pretty pretty straightforward there so switching gears again um, <clears throat> the absolute worst access control calls is my door is intermittently working I hate it every single time I show up they're like it's working perfectly it wasn't earlier it's been on and off for two weeks we finally decided to call you guys can you do anything and unfortunately sometimes sometimes it's no but <clears throat> you know don't don't just leave or be like ah, oh, well not not really uh, unless you just aren't super comfortable with access control uh, it might be better to just call it off save them some money but <clears throat> most of the time when a door's just you know intermittently working you can you can do a few things that will um, <clears throat> usually fix the problem and just never have to come back out you know a, a couple of them are just things that I've said before uh, if they have like IDEC relays, you know, they don't have like one of the new like Altronics systems or life safety uh, cans where, you know, they're resettable fuses and the the relays are actual, you know, power supply boards. You know, if they have IDECs, just replace the relay. I mean, it doesn't cost anything. And if that's the problem, then, you know, you just saved yourself a trip out and you saved them from you know having to call you back out so <clears throat> another thing that I will typically do you know you've already gone out there you're already there uh, power down that panel do a full do a full download uh, you know power it down plug it back in it'll do its download it usually takes like a few minutes the, the system with most access control panels will continue to work under facility code um, or, or in other words if their badge is already programmed into the system it'll continue to work it won't log anything that happens door forces or you know who's going in and out of everything but it'll still work the chances of someone breaking in in those three minutes is pretty low. So <clears throat> uh, almost always they'll let you do it unless it's just a really busy facility or they have like AMAG or something where the doors won't work at all uh, while you're doing it. But I, I, I've i done that a lot during intermittent issues, and I will say it works like half the time between just replacing that relay that takes two seconds or, or just doing a new download on the panel. Uh, another thing that you can do uh, if you have access or, or they have access to look at the, the logs, you know, I, when it's intermittently working, are they getting uh, a valid card read and just nothing's happening? Or are they getting, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, out wrong door? That, that'll automatically just right off the bat tell you 
kind of what the issue that they're having and you can narrow it down so that if you do have to come back out like you can't figure it out that day uh, you know the first place to go look um, <clears throat> if everything looks good in the system you know every reads coming through access granted but <clears throat> you know the doors not locking or I mean or unlocking uh, then Typically, if it's a transfer hinge and electrified crash bar, transfer hinge and electrified handle, uh, it's it's going to be that hinge um, or the or the lock. If it's a <clears throat> mag lock or a door strike, it could it could be the door strike. Sometimes that that that's what the issue is. But if it's a mag lock and it's intermittently working you know right then and there that your problem is actually going to be on the access control panel so you have just a few things that'll save you some time in the future and uh ada buttons are very complicated depending on what what kind of system they have so i'm not going to get too deep into this um but if you guys have you know some sort of uh you know module where you guys are controlling the door it's a card reader so the system actually before it gets to the door goes to a you know cx33 or, or or something some camden module or whatever your company uses that is a whole nother thing that i will get into another day but <clears throat> if you know for a fact it's not that module then there's a few things that are just slight programming changes uh, that could help a lot if it's you know the door is sticking um, or it's not staying unlocked long enough then easy program changes one one thing that I, I ran into the other day which was pretty funky so uh, it was a vestibule so if you don't know what that is is they have a front door and then you won't walk into the front door and then there's like another set of doors uh that's that's a vestibule um and uh, a lot of main entrances to buildings will have those um <clears throat> so they had three ada buttons one outside with the reader one on the inside of it that um also controlled both doors uh and then one completely on the inside uh, of the vestibule that controlled both doors so press any of the the two inside ones both doors open as long as you badge read on the outside hit the button both doors should open so it, it, it was really weird if you badge and hit the front door one the inside door would open but the outside one wouldn't go inside hit the uh, vestibule one so they went inside the vestibule and both doors would open but the <laughs> the front door uh, which was an electrified crash bar would go uh, once it was like open it would like un or it would lock then unlock then lock then unlock and then you know the doors would close and then go all the way through 
the vestibule to the inside of the building, hit that one, the inside door would open, but not the outside door. So <clears throat> just knowing that if you hit the inside one, it's probably not a issue with your module unless the module's timing is off. Um, <clears throat> what, uh, what I found right there, which was pretty simple, I was like, there's probably an unlock on Rex on this door. So it's messing with the, the lock while it's opening. Sure enough, the programming was unlock on Rex. That's what was giving it that weird uh, lock unlock. Got that fixed. The fact that hitting the outside button wouldn't work, that that front door wouldn't ADA open, I was like, there's probably a, a problem with the actual latch. It probably doesn't have enough, uh, you know, space to unlock and then open. Super quick adjustment on that. Boom. That door started working every single time. And luckily for me, uh, <clears throat> those were actually the only two problems. All three doors started working properly after that. But, you know, if, if you're badging, hitting the button, and the door's trying to open but it can't and it's not like some sort of like latch or small adjustment uh, if they're uh, a rod type of door so instead of you know an actual thing you know being sucked in from the uh, from the crash bar and their internal rods and the the latches up top uh, a lot of the time that's the issue it probably doesn't have enough room to clear it and you know you can just make a slight adjustment if you don't know how to do that. You, YouTube it; uh, it's faster than me explaining it. But <clears throat> if that is also not the case, you know, obviously don't, you don't want to burn out that motor, so don't keep doing it. And every time you're testing it, you know, open the door um, so that you don't burn out that motor. But it could just be a, a, a timing on your module. Sometimes even just adding a split second to how long the door stays unlocked or uh, what you really should do is just um, do the, the hold timer or however long the operator waits or the, the module waits to tell the operator to open and that'll fix that. But. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that pretty much wraps up uh, basic access control, troubleshooting, and tips. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share us with a friend the best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.